Hi, I'm Amir Ansari. I'm Omar Tarbush. And I'm Matt Nussbaum. And this is The Drive Home. Thanks so much for listening in. This episode, we're going to be talking about our top 10 films of 2020. 2020 was a pretty interesting year for movies. Uh, theaters shut down about three months in. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I was pretty concerned that we weren't really going to get any new releases. And it, it kind of felt that way for a while, right? I mean, there were a few months there where new releases were trickling out at a, at a pretty slow pace. Yeah, well, the last thing we saw in theaters, you and I, was the Ben Affleck, The Way Back. Remember that? <laughs> the Way Back. That's true. Good. We did. A good film, honestly. Well, man. I mean, not like going to be it, making this list, but... No, it won't be, unfortunately. But it's it's good, and I believe it's out on streaming services now. I, I walked in on my dad watching it a couple days ago. <laughs> this time, how, when during the summer, like come, I would say, like come April through August, like there weren't many new releases, no 2020 releases for us to watch, and I think it gave us everyone an opportunity to catch up any on any blind spots that I'm that they had on their list, and it gave us yeah. opportunity to watch movies together, whoever your pod was when it, when it came to quarantine. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a that's a great point. A lot of a lot of blind spotting was uh, remedied during this quarantine. And, and also, I feel like a lot of the 2020 releases that we did end up getting were indies. You know what I mean? We got a we got a whole lot of indies that came out and, and movies that wouldn't have gotten the attention maybe that they deserved in a, in a normal year with a whole lot of blockbusters coming out of theaters and the ability to go direct to streaming and, and be accessible in so many households. I, I think that was a, a real benefit to, to a lot of a lot of indie movies this year. And, you know, I think we'll see a few of those on, on our lists today. And then, you know, we got a blockbuster in September and it just was such a shame that it sucked. And ass. it was, and it was, and it was, it was really quite good actually. Um, but let's, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's hold off on that until we get there. <laughs> but uh, let's 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 get right on into this. Um, we're going to start with just a few honorable mentions, movies that, you know, maybe we wished had been able to, to make our list, but couldn't quite crack that top 10. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead. Uh, one film that I truly enjoyed that I uh, just caught up on uh, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, was Alan Yang's Tiger Tail. Uh, Tiger Tail follows uh, a immigrant and his new wife um, as they come to America seeking a better life and their exploration and their marriage and the ways that their new lives in this brand new country where they don't really know anyone, um, trying to navigate that. And, and Alan Yang is the co-creator of Master of None, one of my, you know, a television show that I, I rave about, as both of you know. Um, and... I'm it related really, to Aziz, really I'm sorry. had an impact on me. Oh, that's great. We have Aziz's uh, long-lost cousin on here. Aziz, um, if you're listening, please find um, Omid. No, you don't need to find uh, me. We text on the daily. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, oh geez. Sorry. I didn't, I didn't realize. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Tiger Tail, it's, it's currently streaming on Netflix. I, I, I highly recommend it. It's, it's a pretty quick watch, but pretty meaningful. Uh, at least I had, a, I had a pretty nice reaction to it. it Why has... is no one talking about it? Well, because it also Dude. came out back in May. Like it came out really it early did. quarantine because I watched it yeah, back it in May. I don't have the same, like I liked it. I didn't, I didn't love it as much as mm -hmm. Matthew did, but mm -hmm. um, it has a lot of Wong Kar Wai influences. So if you're a big fan of uh, Chunking Express, um, it's not really in mood, in mood with love, but um, Omar, what's the other? It's just interesting to me because like I haven't seen Tiger Tail, but it sounds a lot like Minari. 
and I feel like Minari is stealing all the mm. thunder. So well, it, well, I, I it is, I, but they're they're different movies. I, you I, know, I anticipate. Yeah. No, so I anticipated this to be on your list because it was on your letterbox list, and I was one of my points when we get to Minari, which is featured on my list. I was going to bring up how it's a better version of Tiger Tail. Like it, very it, interesting. It, it, I mean, I would I would say the exact opposite. But well, I mean, I and and better, I don't want to spend not too much better version, but it, we'll, we'll get to it. But it, I just it was yeah, we will. Well, it just focused on the things that. Tiger Tail had a hard time. That, no, I, I I agree. Tiger Tail was just it. It had a performance from Zima, which was which was so phenomenal to me. Really, just anchored the whole movie. Um, so Tiger Tail, and then uh, another one that I really wish could have cracked my top ten and, and was in there for for quite a while until until something came in and 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 snatched a a spot away from it. Um, and that is the Vast of Night. Um, the Vast of Night is a directorial debut um and quite the impressive one um honestly and it's a weird one because it's a it's a sci-fi flick it's a straight sci-fi flick something that i don't really normally like you know it's it's not my type of movie but but first time director andrew patterson really crafts something between these two high school aged kids who are trying to uncover a mystery that's happening in their town and it, it, it just had a, a real, real good sort of charm to it. And, and, and it was a really fun watch. And it really just felt like an extended episode of The Twilight Zone, something, a show that I grew up watching with my dad and something that I really enjoy. And there's one shot in this film, which oh, I've heard. I, know, this, this I know the two of you haven't seen so it. Much. This and, damn and, and, shot. And, and, yeah. This damn shot. This and I was so... It's so deserved. It's this beautiful, beautiful shot that tracks down a street. And I'm not going to say more, but if you've seen the movie, you know how impactful it is and how just great it is. And the fact that this film was made self-financed for under a million dollars is just, it's incredible to me. Please go watch The Vast of Night. It's streaming on Amazon Prime. Uh, Highly, highly recommend, even if you're not into sci-fi. Um, because I do think there's something there for for everyone. Thank you, Matthew. I'll move on to my honorable mentions. Um, I'm a little annoyed with my two co-hosts. Um, <laughs> my top film of the year. Um, it's it would be my number one if these stupid qualifications we set for ourselves weren't weren't here. But it is Corpus Christi, a Polish film um, that was actually nominated for best foreign film last year in 2019 when it was beat right beat out by parasite which i don't which i don't blame because parasite was my number one film last year and it was one of the top films of the past five ten years and it follows a ex-convict a convict who got out of jail who fixed his way being a priest and being a being a priest (laughs) in a town um who just dealt with a very severe tragedy and um, from the within the first five minutes of the f- movie, I knew this is a film for me. I thought the f- the framing, the shots were astonishing. The color palette of like it was just such a warm film for such a oh yeah heavy topic. And so like it was film like I, I, I don't like it, the landscape of Poland. It's it's such an interesting watch. And Poland is also a very religious country, so the fact they're able to teeter with religion and mm-hmm. like prison and um like deception and all that in between it was it, it's a, it, it's it was it's my favorite film of the year but that's awesome uh, yeah but because all right we have stupid guidelines here 
I wasn't I wasn't able to. Well, to to explain to anyone who might be confused on what our guidelines are, uh, <laughs> we we keep it nice and simple here, and we're just we we consider a movie to be a 2020 release if it is able to be considered for the 2021 Oscars, the Oscars that are just coming up now. Corpus Christi was submitted as a um, uh, submission for Best Foreign Language Film at last year's Oscars, this past year. Oh, International so, Feature. They changed the name because... Oh, is it International Feature now? International Dude, feature, fuck the Academy, yeah. man. They just keep saying they're going to keep changing every four years. Um, but so that's the reason that, that Corpus Christi is not eligible technically but omid it's a movie that you keep talking about i keep kicking myself because i haven't seen it i know i need to see it i'm going to catch up with it well, i assure you that knowing, knowing i will these two, i recommend a movie to these two let's not watch for another six months and then i'm like, yeah, oh, uh, like let's we'll discuss and i go i forget omid, i may or may not have watched the movie you recommended to me today we'll see let's close up oh uh, you watch back we'll find out whatever anyways right, omid, and then the else? second honorable mention here i don't know what well, i'm not going to include it because it's technically not a film but what it would be unfair because uh, we would spend two hours talking about this. But what a performance it is, <sighs> Hamilton. Listen, anybody, it is just so good. Shut up. If if dude, it is so <laughs> good. I have other honorable mentions, but we're gonna talk about those movies. So I was like, let me give Hamilton a shout out. Um, I used to give so much shit. I have some friends who are very into theater, very into play, mm-hmm. and senior year of high school. All they do is sing Hamilton. I go shut the oh. fuck up. And I'm I'm from the if you, if you know me, you know I live right outside of the city of New York City. So I also know a good amount of people who watched the show, and you, you couldn't stop talking about about how good it was, like how revolutionary it was. Everything on the news was about Hamilton. Like it, it was a cultural phenomenon in 2015, 2016. We almost no, it was. A and colleague, it was so good. <laughs> my dad's colleague um, actually told us about it very early on in its run, and we looked at tickets, and they were like not super. It was like 100, 150, and then we looked at tickets a, a week later. Six hundred dollars. That's like in that week. Like we missed our opportunity. Anyways, well, dude, yeah. How I mean, funny is it that the the kid who did theater for eleven years is the one who doesn't give a shit about this movie and doesn't want? Yeah, watch. it's 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 it's, it's you <laughs> just trying to rebel. Um, yeah. is what that is. It's your refusal to watch it because it's so popular, so you can keep your your edge to yourself. Um, that's my that's my personal feeling you got towards me. your but going your back for to, not watching going this, back to this gem. The, going back to the production it is a very um the songs so i was just shot i i don't know how i thought musicals there's still a little dialogue in between no this is a whole three hour long song after song after song after song and i'm a history buff so you knew so you know i was engaged throughout and i knew some of the history too like i i'm not i like colonial history a little bit but um but what a performance it is uh david diggs is absolutely incredible uh renee that's what's her last name goldberry or something you're asking the wrong guy. Dude, you know I'm not good with names. Um, my, my my one of my top songs with you were satisfied. If you don't, if you don't know, oh, dude, I still listen to the music consistently. Oh, okay. um, it's on it was my, like my number two album of the year. It was rotation. my number two of the year. But, um, but yeah, I mean Hamilton is. It's Hamilton incredible. Is. Go watch it if you had some Disney Plus. They released it a year early because of COVID. It was supposed to be released July 2021, but they released it for July 4th of this past year. And if you haven't seen it, go watch it. I understand why people don't love it, but I absolutely adored it. So, all right, and real quick, I'll run through mine. I got a couple. One of them is Minari. You're going to be hearing about it later, I believe. Uh, so we can discuss that later. Uh, I have another one, Baccarat, that I watched today, hey. um, which you'll be hearing about later, I believe. And so we'll discuss it then. On the Rocks. 
no one is talking about this movie and i get it i get it you're rolling your eyes whatever dude this movie got like not panned but this movie got such it was lukewarm not panned. reviews Look, dude it got I, such lukewarm reviews coming out of the festival circuit i was looking at the commercials when i was like watching football or whatever on tv and i'm like that looks like the biggest crock of shit like you watch that on an airplane you forget about it before like you land but it's sweet it's look i i you know I'm not going to sit here and, you know, just write a dissertation about on the rocks. It's not, it's not anything crazy, but it's really sweet. And it's, you know, it's funny. Bill Murray's good. Uh, Rashida Jones is good. I, it was my, actually, that's not true. I was gonna say it's my first Sofia Coppola movie, but it's not. Um, Cause I've seen the beguile. When is Bill Murray not good, my friend? I mean, like, I agree. I, he's the only reason I want to watch that film, him and the fact that you liked it. So watch like, it. it's, it's cute. It's, it's like, uh, it's nothing I'll take you. you know yeah this is it, the year i got nothing. sophia coppola i don't know if i'm the biggest fan cute, but, uh, cute with bill murray there's there's my and my last one is promising young woman uh which the three of us have discussed at quite length and uh look it's a very polarizing movie and that's kind of why i liked it i get why people hate it totally fine um but for my money it was a really you know interesting kind of unique take on some you know subject matter that's normally tackled in a certain way and it's it, it kind of takes a different approach and i totally get why people you know didn't rally behind it necessarily but i was Dude, a fan. any movie with an orchestral arrangement of toxic i mean the music is awesome me. yeah it, it, it's it, awesome. for that song alone brava, brava. correct i didn't remember but anyway omid i'll um, let you yep. more casual What'd you say? I said I don't review it because I want to make Letterboxd more casual come 2021. He's wow. I heard that right. everyone heard that you are doing that and is following your precedent, actually. Uh, funny. All right. A, a trendsetter. But, Omid, why don't you, uh, why don't you kick us off here with your 10, 9, and 8 movies of 2020? Oh, Lord. 10, 9, and 8. All righty. Um, drum roll. Not okay. Uh, moving into my, so my top 10. Number 10 outside again you know it's hamilton and some other ones that are going to be sp- spoken about later is i carry you with me directed by heidi Ed- edwin um so this is a film i i feel like a hollywood insider because not many people have seen it because it premiered at new york film festival and it hasn't been premiered it hasn't premiered anywhere else since well i lie no it premiered at sundance and then it was also shown at new york film festival but there's no release date right now um it's about so I don't want to give up, give away too many details. It's a very, it's a film that is dependent on, on, on the, like on its storyline. And it's just a film about love and anguish and destiny and immigration and the, the American struggle and everything between. And it's, and it's, 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 uh, it's filmed in a very interesting way. And it's narrative is told very, it's narrative is told I, I I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but it's a very it's a distinct narrative that you don't see many other films. And so, gotcha. My number ten is I carry you with me. Started drive in. It was a really good experience. And so, yeah. Um, moving on to number nine. Um, this is a film I watched during a challenge uh, I put myself to th- this year. The O and O travel through the world. What was it, Omar? Oh yeah, O and O take over the world. Take thirty over days, the world. thirty yes. countries. Thirty to thirty. If I never have to hear that again, I'll be happy. <laughs> we asked you to whatever. We asked him to take part, but it was a it was a challenge that Omar and I had set up for ourselves to watch 
30 films in 30 days from 30 different countries. And what a blast it was. I found, I found new favorites there. A lot of actually new favorites of mine, like some all time favorites, second mother, um, Mustang. And then one of my favorites that came up, I wanted to watch at least one 2020 release with this year. And it was, and then we danced the Georgian film directed by Levin Akin. Um, the first half of this film is absolutely incredible. Like it's the, like that first act, I was stunned. Absolutely fucking, like I, I was in awe. And as the film progresses, its pace does loosen up a bit and it takes its, and I wouldn't say falters, but it's, that doesn't reach the level of act one. Um, it is such a like, uh, so the film's based around George, traditional Georgian dance and the dance scenes in these movies are incredible. The filming of those dance scenes are something else. The music is absolutely astonishing. I just, I now listen to Georgian mm-hmm. uh, folk music. That's what I do. <laughs> let me let me ask let me ask you a question. Yeah, because I don't I don't really know a whole lot about this film. I mean, I you know I've I've heard I saw that you liked it. Went back when you watched it um, a little while back. Are the leads dancers as well? Do they Ooh, do their own dancing, I or see. is it? Um, let me. That's a let me check. Yeah, I mean, out. if you don't know, that's fine. I I, I don't I, know, I, I but sure. um, but I'll do. It is uh, at the end of the day. While I look this up, um, it is a love story actually about uh sweet about, about a gay um couple and in georgia and that region of that region of the world like eastern europe uh middle east these stories are not told in like stories about uh romantic interests like within the like lgbtq world is not told and and it was and it dealt with a lot of criticism within georgia and east and uh Eastern Europe, Central Asia, and it still was promoted. And I'm actually, I'm on the Wikipedia page right now and there are like protests going on, screening, wow. like they try to cancel screenings within the country. They detained two people. It was a big deal, but I'm happy they were able well, to promote this. Uh, they were able to promote this story out. And he for, is actually a dancer. Them. He is a dancer. Sweet, so. okay. That's that's what I imagined when, you, when you're talking about these dance scenes, but. Go, it's, it's, it's. I uh, will, yeah. So it's such, it's so, what's the word? Like it, it's grabs you and you never let go during these scenes it's mm-hmm. so it's engaging anyways and then moving on to my eight um it, uh, it's actually gonna be we're actually gonna talk about it later on so i'll wait Ooh, all right can what's the what what is it and then we'll uh, we'll oh, we'll it's, move uh, the discussion it's a little it's a controversial one within this podcast it's the trial of the chicago seven directed by my man Aaron. the sort dog yeah sort of. <laughs> all right but all those right. are my um, nine and eight but moving on to uh, Matthew. Sweet. So I'll get right into it. My 10th movie of the year is also a film that we're going to get a little more in depth on later on as it appears much higher up on someone else's list. Um, So I'll just say, you know, call your parents, everybody. Oh, yeah. It's very, very, very important to, to call your parents, guys. Um. My number 10 movie of the year is Dick Johnson is Dead. Oh, yeah. Uh, moving on to my number nine of the year. Maybe a little unorthodox. All right. Maybe it doesn't show up on a whole lot of year-end top 10 lists this year. For a good reason. You could say that. Oh, Lord. My number nine movie of the year is Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Uh. Sorry. Right now Omar's gonna do his his little groan thing because he's uh he's too mature to enjoy a nice mindless action flick like Tenet. 
by the director um, who has never made a movie I've disliked up until this point? You think I'm like going yeah, yeah, yeah. out of my way? Well, I don't think you're going out of your way. So Tenant is the last film that I saw in theaters. I saw Tenant in theaters back in September. Um, Hitch, baby. Out. <laughs> to Layla and Omar. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. Um, no one cares that you saw Unhinged, buddy. <laughs> Layla does. She's listening. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I saw Tenant out in theaters out in September um, in California, where theaters were for some reason open. And I will be the first one to say right off the bat, had I watched this movie anywhere but a theater, this would probably be nowhere near my top 10. Maybe I was longing for a theater experience. And the fact that I got it with an action film like Tenant just made it seem so much better than it was. I am fully aware that my vision may be clouded by that longing for a theater experience that I finally got after, you know, well, seven months without it, six months without it at that point. That being said, this movie gets so much hate for no reason, in my opinion. I... I'm not here to tell you that Christopher Nolan has learned how to write a female in his movies because he has not. It is clear. I'm not here to tell you that Christopher Nolan has hired someone to do his sound mixing because it is very apparent that he has not. <laughs> and I'm not here to tell you that Christopher Nolan has crafted this beautiful movie that brings you through an experience and a really great plot. All Christopher Nolan did with this movie, in my opinion, was take all of the insults that get hurled at him and said, fuck you, I'm going to make that movie times 100. And that's exactly what Tenet is, because Tenet has a really, every female is shallow as hell. He clearly had this wild idea for a film and then made shit around it, right? Had this crazy idea that has to do with time and then was like, well, fuck it. How can I make a movie that explores this, right? And it was awesome, man. The, the opening scene of that movie is this action piece in an opera house. That is so awesome. It, it, your ears will never recover from, by the way. I sure, just, sure, my ears sure. are still ringing from September. And, and deal with it, man. It, Apparently it, 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 a gun being fired in a movie should sound like a firework going like off. Like a gun in real life? Well, maybe it should sound like a gun in real life instead of guns sounding like nothing in movies. It's like no one's ever actually heard a gun in real life but i i digress you know this is not a flawless movie i'd also like to like to point out that the main villain is so laughably bad <laughs> he, 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 it's so 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 bad it's like a it's like a cold war-esque james bond oh. villain but it's played by oh, kenneth it's, it's, Branagh. why is he doing I mean, a russian Ken, accent Ken it's it's he, it's really it's really not good but what i what i will say is really good is that it's fun, man. It's just enjoyable. When did we stop looking to just be enjoyed by a movie? And, and, and that's something that I struggle with. You know what I mean? I look for these deeper meanings in all the movies that I watch and, and, I, and I look for all of this, you know, existential crisis or, or whatever. Why can't I just watch a good fucking action film, man? And that's what Tenant was to me, dude. Like, I had no idea what was going on for most of the time because I couldn't understand the dialogue, but I followed along enough with the plot to get what was going on enough that i wasn't lost and i admit if you're lost in that movie you'd hate it you I are so that, damn confusing to me 
Because you ask for an action movie and I give you Casino Royale and you say this was a Which bland is, movie. It was <laughs> but bland. Tenet, but this is this is not a Casino Royale. I could, you know, sure. let me just, you know, I just want to say this is a movie that I that I do feel will get better on a rewatch because I already got my theater experience. Better. You said it was. Last I, all, listen, spoke, I, I said, said for the first time. I said no, for the first the time, time I, you want that in a theater. Yeah, but you said the next time you're going to watch it, you're not going to like it. You're going to like it. No, he said the if next he time I watch seen it, it for the first time under. Thank you. If I had seen it for the first time, not in a theater, I would hate it. But on a rewatch now, I'll get captions on. I'll get, I understand the inverted point of view. And I'll be watching it from that point of view the next time I watch it. So my number nine movie of the year, Tenant by Christopher Nolan. Okay. Now that we got Whoa. that. <laughs> can we just like but let's just insert the gunshot here and just kill everyone's ears um and then my number eight movie of the year um it's one that was mentioned i believe um in an honorable mention not yet i, I was waiting for you to bring it up i didn't say it well my number eight movie of the year is saint francis yay St. Francis, um, another directorial debut. This one by Alex Thompson. A lot of these. Stars. Yeah, dude. I mean, like I said, a great year for, for indies, a great year for debuts. But St. Francis follows a girl named Bridget who doesn't really know what she's doing with her life. Right. Uh, she's if if I'm remembering correctly, she's in her 30s. Right. And she is living where she went to school for a year before she dropped out and finds a job as a nanny. And it's about her exploration through getting through this, this crisis in her life when everyone around her, everyone, her age, all of her friends seem to know what to do with their lives. And she frankly has no idea. Right. And, and, and this film really just, just, just struck a chord for me, you know, at, at, at this time in our lives, it's like you look around and you get so overwhelmed by what other people are doing, you kind of get lost in, in that it's okay to be doing whatever you are. And it's just, St. Francis really just, it just struck a chord with me. It's such a sweet film. There's, there's so much just care and love that goes into this film and the relationship between Bridget and the girl that she takes care of. There are some really funny, funny moments in this film. I mean, I, I laughed my ass off to be totally honest with you. And it's not overly dramatic. It's not bloated. It's, it's just a relevant movie. And I don't know. I just watched it at the right time, I guess, but it, it, it looks awesome. It's a very bright movie. And, and I don't know. I mean, you've seen it and I know yes. you enjoyed it as well. You're the I, reason, kind of the reason that I, that I, I watched re- it. I really enjoyed it. Um, again, I might, you might hear me use the word warm a lot. The one describing movies this year because I think that's what we needed in such a cold and devastating year. Um, mm-hmm. But this is such a warm, like God, I'm, I'm gonna this is like I sound like on the pod. Anyways, it's a very warm movie. It's ba- like it's set in the summer, which I think helps because I seasonal depression and this and having movies based in the summer boosts my mood. But anyways, it's such um, it's such a good story, and you always realize in every relationship you have, no matter. Who, a child like whatever relationship you have with anyone you can always learn from them and that's the important like right. that's how important that's that's what this film's about like any you need you can learn from all your relationships and that final like the final oh. sequence oh my is God. absolutely the, incredible um I'm not gonna stellar speak, stellar can you and, remind me who the star is i i, I haven't seen this yeah movie. so 
so it's, Bridget uh, Kelly is played is Kelly O'Sullivan. Oh, I thought it. it was like a big. Why did I think it was? No, no. not a big. I thought it was if I'm if I'm not mistaken, this is this is O'Sullivan's first leading credit in a film. I could be wrong about that, but I think I remember seeing that after, and it's just it's just. Omid is right. It's just such a warm movie. And there's there's this one scene in the film where Bridget runs into someone who she knew when she was at university. Oh, and their yeah, paths have taken two very different... Um, their lives have taken two very different paths. And there's a moment between them. And it is so painful. And it hits so hard. And it just makes you want to close your eyes and shy away from the movie. Yeah. And then it, hits it all ends up okay. And, and uh, Kelly actually wrote the movie too. She so this is her, oh, did she? Yeah, she, she did. wrote and starred. Wrote Good this, for her. She wrote and starred this movie, and I think all the there's one minor issue I have with the film. Yeah, um, I, 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 you know, this is it's it's by no means a perfect film. There's yeah. some some pretty there's there's one plot line in particular and one character who Determined. plays a musical instrument. Yeah, uh, who well, doesn't so really necessary. service a whole lot to the plot in yeah. my opinion, but. I don't know, man. This movie was, I just fucking loved it. Great I just like, sat there and I was smiling my ass off and it's available on Canopy. If you have Canopy, I, you know, it's a, it's a quick watch, sub two hours. And, and I think everyone needs a little bit of, of Francis in their lives. Um, and so I'd go ahead and give St. Francis a watch. And so Omar, I'm excited to hear uh, the bottom of your list. So why don't you, uh, why don't you kick it off with your number 10 here? Coming in at number 10. Uh, my number 10 <laughs> is Mayor, directed by David Osset. Uh, this is a documentary that I am inherently biased about because I am Palestinian and movies about the Palestinian experience are oh. few and far between. Wajib, baby. Yeah, shout out Wajib, another great Palestinian movie. But, um, you know, Mayor is this really interesting look at the life of the mayor of Ramallah, Musa Hadid. And uh, just like it's a really interesting approach to this kind of movie because a lot of a lot of the discourse and a lot of the what you learn about the situation in Palestine is so goddamn gloomy and not to say that it's not for good reason, but mm -hmm. it's like it's just so dour and it's 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 like, you know, it just takes like such a negative view of things. And Mayer is somehow addressing all those things, but it's led by this super charismatic guy who just wants to bring joy to the people in his city and you know while still acknowledging everything going on and there's a really a really poignant scene in particular uh you know this isn't really giving anything away but just a a scene where he addresses david directly as he's you know literally filming him and he's like do you think that people in america know what's going on here and it just really stuck stuck out to me because i was like such a there's such a there are these coalitions and everyone looks at it as like oh you're pro-palestinian or you're pro is like you're pro-israel or whatever but it's like it's you know there's no nuance when people look at it from an outside perspective and so i don't know it just it, it's a really great documentary it's 87 minutes it, you know it flies by um you know it's just, it, it was, it, I hope to be hearing about it soon, you know, when Sweet. the Academy Awards roll around, but who knows? We'll see. It's at the you top know, of, I, I, it's at the top of my watch list. You know, I'm an iron. Yeah, I, I hope to be able to catch it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the top. Um, and then my number nine 
is Another Round, directed by Thomas Vinterberg. Ooh. Nice. Uh, I was, this was probably my most, eh, this and Tenet were my most anticipated oh, movies yeah. of the year. Tenet was your number one most anticipated movie this year, dude. Come on. You do not. Nolan make, Stan. What? You're Christopher Nolan Stan. I'm a literal Stan. That's why I just was like, just, you know, vehemently just so angry with you when you're talking about how good that movie is because I hate it. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Besides the point. Red team ass. Uh, if you know me, you know that The Hunt from 2012 is a top five movie of mine. I think that movie is incredible. So you take Mads Mikkelsen and Vinterberg making another movie together, and it's probably going to be fucking dynamite. And I think it magic. It, I mean, it's magic. It was great. You know, it wasn't. It it didn't absolutely knock my socks off. But I mean, Mads is so good in this movie, and I think that a movie about that portrays sort of alcoholism and it's, it's about, it's basically about these four guys who are middle-aged working at a school and they decided to do this thing where they kind of like start drinking during their work lives. They like start they, day like, drinking. They're I mean, testing it's just, their, it's just... they're, they're testing the limits of their BAC and it sounds kind of stupid and like, Oh boyish, but it's actually a pretty, you know, powerful look at, alcoholism and it's not some psa that's like hey don't drink but it's also not some you know not condoning the actions of these people it manages to address i think both you know the positives and the negatives and i also think there's a lot to be said about in particular in relation look i'm not danish but i know that in danish culture drinking is a big part of the culture and i think it's interesting how it addresses that and both the repercussions of that and you know like how it brings people together so, yeah. um, yeah, that's a, the, I, another round. Check it out. It, it will. I hear you, man. It tiff. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm happy. I just caught up with it. I just got that. I watched that two days ago. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just got it in, in the nick of time for this. And I was pleasantly, you know, I pleasantly enjoyed it. You know, I, I agree with you. I thought the mm-hmm. exploration of alcoholism was, was pretty much sublime. I mean, it, it didn't glorify it but it didn't, you know, vilify it, which is Mm -hmm. so easy to do. And it reminds me, not fully, but in a way of a movie that we talked about right at the the onset of this, this was was the way back. Oh, Um, yeah. (laughs) In in the way that alcoholism in that movie is treated a little more uh, negatively. But it still doesn't show it as this is the reason for all of your problems. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's such a cop out when we talk about alcoholism and anyone that you know has struggled with alcoholism or, or has had someone who does struggle with it in their lives knows that it is not this big evil thing that suddenly appears and descends on you and mm-hmm. it's not the cause of all of your problems but it is a serious issue and 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 i thought another round just did a really great job at balancing the two sides of that coin yeah, and the so, last—I mean, the last scene is—is is yeah. I mean, people I talk about that last scene a lot. I haven't talked to you about it, but I—I I think no. it's one of the best closing scenes of the year. I think the yeah. Hello, the, I'm trying to. I'm still trying to watch it. So don't I know. I'm not. No. I'm not, yeah, we won't. We won't say anything. I'm not saying anything, but it's it leaves. It's a, good. I agree. It it does. It does. You know. It, it it. I found the movie struggled a little bit with its tonal shifts. I I, I thought it tried a little harder and 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 not successfully in balancing kind of like this story about finding yourself at an older age and kind of dealing with how you've changed as time goes on while Mm -hmm. also talking about 
alcohol in Danish culture and also talking about alcoholism in general. And it just felt like it never fully dove into any of its themes. It just painted them, but didn't give us, a, you know, a, a, a fully fleshed out deep dive into them. I still enjoyed the movie quite a bit, but I just felt like it held back a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, just just a, just a good flick. I agree. You know, I, I highly implore everyone to to go and watch it. Mads is incredible. I mean, you know. and please watch The Hunt if you want to see the most just crushingly just yeah it's it's, it's fucking performance good. of all time and it's one of the best yeah. movies ever made agree i mean not with that second part but with the fact that it's an incredible movie uh, um, all right so back so that was nine right yeah or am i going am i going to seven now or what how are we yep, doing this? Well, what's your your number eight your number eight. Oh, i'm sorry yeah oh your number my, eight shows up later though my number eight does show up later it is never rarely sometimes always um so we will discuss then, that in the near future uh, and why don't you why don't you get a kick us off with your seven as well? My seven, which is also going to be pushed, uh, Soul, Pixar's Soul, directed by Pixar's Pete. Soul. Um, which brings me to my number six, which, uh, you know, I, I think some place like it premiered, I think in March of 2020 in the U.S., but it definitely, I think it was in TIFF. It was at TIFF in 2019, uh, but. Uh, bad education Um, this was one of the like kind of movies to beat for me early on in the year this and another Mm -hmm. one that I'll be talking about but you know for a while this was my number one my number two it was such an interesting dark comedy you know it felt like you take shades of of American psycho when you take shades of Wolf of wall street and you put Hugh Jackman at the front of it. And, and it's just about <laughs> these, these skeevy people who just kind of oh, got away. Dude. They got away with doing some, some skeevy shit for a while. And it's fucking hilarious. I, I remember that I laughed my ass off in this movie. There's one line about a PlayStation. That is probably my favorite quote <laughs> of the entire year. Um, and oh uh, man, Hugh Jackman's great. Allison Janney's great. Great cast all around. What's what, that? Like, when isn't she great? Also, yeah, a quick anecdote: right. my mom actually went Amen. to Boston High School. Yeah, no that's way. right. I remember yeah, that. <laughs> Are you serious? My mom's high school actually, so I know Rosalind. That is really that is well. that is so good. Yeah, man. my my grandparents lived there until maybe like four or five years ago, so I know the high school. I've seen them thousands of times. Like it's it, and it resembles um like not. I think you could attest to this but it resembles a how the the culture of a competitive northeastern high school oh it is like it i is it's it's to a, a t the parents the administration uh the students everything it, it's to it like it growing up in such a similar environment i was like whoa they he and i right. so I did some research he the 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 um, screenwriter um actually was the it was written by a roslyn grad like it was a story like mikowski yeah, he he mm-hmm. he went to Roslyn. He grew up mm-hmm. like he lived under this reign of I forgot the administrator, but uh, like he Frank Tessator or something. Yeah, Tessator. Yeah, it was Tessator or something. Tessator. Tessone. Frank Tessone. Tessone. My bad. He he went to school under Tessone's administration. So he he with that experience, it's to a T how competitive public and public high school mind you it's a public high well, school that, well that's that's the point that i was gonna say because i went to a, a pretty competitive public high school mm-hmm. in, in Same the northeast here. you know so and so that's what people especially that aren't from you know the tri-state area really 
um, okay, you're not from the and, and, and up, area. even up in no, New England. You're not from the tri-state area. Oh, let's let's take it up, dude. New Jersey, Philly, what? The but Philly fuck isn't. You on, Philly, Philly is not part of the tri-state. It, area. It, I am. Tri-state not is North from Jersey, Connecticut, and oh, okay, uh, okay, okay, and, and and Westchester is is New York. Yeah. Okay. I never That's, say. Um, I never before, say it's New before York, we descend state. Before we before we descend into this, Christ. It it, it really <laughs> you does live do ten minutes away from Pennsylvania. Though, like, That's not the quadruple dude, state. It's not the quadruple state area. Sorry. You live ten minutes from New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey's part of the tri-state, but we're talking about North oh, Jersey. Oh, I thought only North Jersey was. Oh, yeah, it's North the whole state Jer- I live Interesting. North Jersey. Oh, oh, that's so interesting to me. Wow. Right, um, not doing this. Go but tri-state. bad education does do, it's just such an awesome job at, at portraying public high schools that you really don't think would be like this. And, and Omar, I'm interested to hear, you know, if you had any kind of inkling of thought, considering you could be as far away from, from uh, you know, relatively elite public high schools in America as as possible. Like, did you know that that's the kind of shit? Because th- for me, my experience, obviously not to the extent that is shown in bad education, but the type of student there, the type of administrator there, and the type of parent, specifically the parents, it's so real, man. I mean, it, that is exactly well, how it is in suburban America. Mm-hmm. Well, by the way, I had literally next to zero idea about what this movie was about when I watched it. For all I know, it could yeah. have been about like a principal who moonlights as a murderer, you know, Dexter style. I literally had no idea. Let's, let's write that screenplay, my friend. Yeah, maybe we should. But I had no idea going into what it was about. So that kind of played into why I my experience of it, because I kind of the movie started out and I was like, who's what's going on? What's something's afoot right. here? What's going on? And they kind of build the <laughs> mystery of, well, and, you know, they introduce the character of the student who's, you know, working for the school newspaper. And that's kind of your conduit into discovering more about what's going on. It's just it's it's really funny. It's got this awesome bombastic score that's like really dramatic oh, yeah. and just at, makes like so as, dramatic. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and also and, like the, the side plot, like love story also works like most of most of the time. Well, dude, that, the, the film is, you know, and and and. You know, I, I, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Because all well. my honorable mentions. Um, this is one of my And w- my favorite thing about it was really just how tight it was. You know what I mean? Like, so it, tight. It's, it's, it's a, it's a hour and 40 minutes maybe, right? But there's not a wasted second of screen time. It, nope. it, every, every single twist and turn, everything makes complete sense. Everything looks great. Everything is just... I don't know. It's just so solid. Every everything about that—that's the way that—that's what sticks in my brain when I think about this film. It was just solid. Just a, such a such a well crafted film. I don't think has anyone seen Thoroughbreds. I it's, have not. I've been meaning to see. It's not on anything. Oh, Mead, have you seen? Because no, it's on the top of my watch list as well. What's his name? Yeah, I mean, so director Corey uh, Finley. It's Corey. Corey it's Corey Finley's debut. So I'm, you know, watching Bad Education. I really want to see thoroughbreds now because he's, it, he's like super young too i believe he's yeah, like I'll, dude, I'll check yeah, it now but like this dude's got a career ahead of him like if he's if he's churning out movies like this he's gonna be around for yeah. a while agreed um, but uh nice nice pick i love that i love that pick there at six um but does that bring us to your you're at your five your number five five Oh my God, my! Five. But I believe that shows up later as well. Oh yeah, I love this movie. I want to talk about it now, uh, but we'll we'll push to later. My number five is the Old Man. Oh, Lee Winnell. Lee Winnell. It's, it's just. I love you. We'll, we'll 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 get to it. And I I I have to say, man. I mean, just surprised it's this low. 
Oh, that's, I know. I mean, I. That's all I have to say. We'll get into it. Let's not forget but... that I begged you to watch this movie for months and expected you to hate it, and then you being the unpredictable little okay. front that it, you. Are. It was. It was not for months. Let's let's. It get was that. a long time. I saw that movie. I, I will literally. February. You saw it in February twenty eighth. I saw it in March 16th. I saw it two and a half weeks. That's after a long two weeks, man. I'm telling you. All right, let's let's get out of here. But all right, we'll we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, it's going to show up a little later on someone else's list. Uh, hint, it's mine. Surprise, it's Omid's. <laughs> um, but so now let me uh, let me talk about my number seven of the year. My number seven of the year is an interesting one. And I think both of you are probably surprised to see it on here. And, and especially up here at seven. Um, it's a film that both of you have seen. Uh, and it's one that to me is peak quarantine. And that film is Palm Springs, oh. uh, Max Barbacow's Groundhog Day-esque film starring Andy Samberg and Christine Milioti. Uh Milioti went to my high school, so I had That's to see this like movie. That's why I like it so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I just had to see it, and she's just, she's incredible. Um, but this movie, honestly, I feel like when it came out, people were talking about it a lot. It was, you know, it was pretty, pretty well regarded, and then it totally just fell off the face of the earth. Well, and it broke that com- record. Quick comment Sorry, on that ahead. also. What I think that's what the future of like until we get back in theaters, you're not going to get the publicity or hype oh, that absolutely you not. used to get like just last year. Like when a movie came out, it'd be talked about for weeks and months, and then it fall off. But with this stuff, like with with 2020 releases and everything coming to streaming, it goes, oh, uh, uh, this film came out. Let's talk about it for a couple of days, and then you never hear about it again. Like Mank, yeah, I, I, I I agree, and that's and that's that's the negative Mank's side to the streaming and it's yeah. you know well, yeah, the short attention gonna... span that we have as a society, but you know. That's a that's a no, different something, conversation. Something but... shinier coming next. Like it's like, oh, this film's coming out on Friday. Yeah, but you, you gotta forget about it. Something like Mank, you're also gonna be hearing about in a couple months. I don't think you're gonna be hearing about Palm Street. Not that it's a slide for the movie, but, but you should. But yes. Yeah. But I remember but so, the reason it made such a big splash. Sorry, just real quick, is because it, it yeah, go it, no, it broke the record for like uh, most streams, right? On like no, a, acquisition. From, like, acquisition. No, the acquisition. Neon and Hulu, they paid like seventeen million dollars or something yeah. crazy. Holy they shit! They broke the record by like sixty-nine cents. I guess it was like a little like uh, giggity. Yeah, you know? a little. Uh. Uh, but that's why it was yeah. like it was a huge deal because everyone was like talking about this movie Palm Springs that broke the record at Sundance for. Yep. You know, I mean, I remember hearing about it, and I finally got around to watching it. And I was so pleasantly surprised, man. I was expecting for it to be just like a fine, like kind of a Groundhog's Day ripoff, but like, that's just kind of what it is. And it'd be all right. And then like a couple other Andy Samberg movies that kind of forget about it a week later. Um, but Palm Springs really stuck with me, man. I mean, like it was funny, funny as all hell. And sure. I guess if you don't find Samberg very funny, you won't really like it. I would imagine, but I, I like him. I think he's a funny guy and mm-hmm. the humor in the movie just really, really worked uh, right from the start of the film. I mean, I was just laughing my ass off and I was smiling the whole way through and sure, you know, it's, it's a movie about this, this guy who has this really, you know, pessimistic or, or nihilistic view on life. And of course his name is Niles and it's, and it's stupid and it's the worst uh, part of the movie. And I, and I get it. Yeah. You roll your fucking eyes, but then you get over it. And it's like, it's, it's whatever, because this movie talks a whole lot about companionship, you know, and, 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 and how you deal 
with the monotony of life, right? And obviously, you know, doing the same thing over and over and over again, as our leads do in Palm Springs would get monotonous. But but even without that, you know, there's this there's this commentary just generally on how you deal with mundane monotony in your life. And you feel like you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, and your and your tires are spinning and you're not going anywhere. And and the film just really, you know, kind of addresses that without any answers. And it doesn't try and be holier than thou or tell you, you know, it gets better or just move on. And you know what I mean? Like your life is, is meaningful. It just kind of presents it to you as it is. And there's just this chemistry between Miliati and Sandberg that is charming. You know, they, they, they just charmed the hell out of me and it just moves the movie along. It's just, it 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 it, it kind of hits hard too, man. Like there's some, there are a couple scenes in there where you're just like, "Fuck, these these guys, they're just stuck in a rut." And we've all been there, you know. Like when you're stuck in a rut, it feels like you're never getting out of it. You know, it feels like a never-ending bad day. And that's kind of you you get that feeling from the movie. And and I just I don't know. And then there's this J.K. Simmons has an awesome role in this movie. You know, it's not the largest role, but it's great. He has an end credit scene. With J.K. Simmons, which is, <laughs> it's, it's uh, if you watched the movie and did not watch the end credit scene with Simmons, please go back and just put on the end credit scene because it is funny. It puts a great bow on the movie. It just tightens it all up. It is just good. So, you know, uh, Palm Springs, it, 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 it didn't do anything spectacularly, but it was just a really well-made movie. It hit me right at the right time. And, and, and I think the movie deserves a little more love than, than it's been getting since its release. Yeah, I thought it was fine. And that's fine. I, 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 wanted to, I wanted to like it more. I, I, it was such, I remember hearing so much about it and I just like the humor for me just largely missed. And I think, like, and, and, and that's what the movie hinges on. If you, if you're with the humor, you're going to really like it. I think, yeah. and if you're not really with the humor, you're just going to find the movie fine. And, and I think it's, interesting when I we don't all, blame you. It, we, it's interesting when we all watched it. Um, I'm like, I'm going through reviews for it. Omar, you watched it like when we we're like, again, this is, I think it's, I don't know if it's different, but you watched it when we were still in DC. I watched it when we just got back, like we all moved back home. And us, you watched it when you settled in. And I think that also might have an impact on it all. I don't know. That's my own perception, but it's a good watch. I, I, mean, I think I saw, did I see it first? I did. Yeah, you right? saw it first. You saw it while yeah. we were in DC. I watched it the week we got back and then that's why like, I mean, gen- yeah, go ahead. No, I was go just going to say, generally speaking, I mean, like the circumstances with which you see any movie, you know, like obviously, yeah. dude, like that's a fucking huge deal. If you watch a movie, uh, you know, right after a breakup and it's a movie about a breakup, obviously that movie's going to hit so much harder than you're watching it and you haven't been in a relationship in years. You know what I mean? I mean, that's yeah. just kind of the way and, the way art goes, not just with film. But, uh, you and know. and like just like it's a it's a film that doesn't take itself too seriously. Like that's why. I no, that's it. dude. It's exactly. It's, it's fun. a fun. It's, it's just lighthearted. Quick, it's cheesy at times. And I think it prides itself on being cheesy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. Um, now, moving on to my number six movie i i really 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 considered up until about two minutes ago making this my number seven movie um for a reason that will become apparent in about 10 seconds it's a movie that it's a movie that we've all seen um it's a movie that we have very differing opinions on and uh, and, uh it was omid's number eight and my number six film of 2020 is the trial of the Chicago Seven, Aaron Sorkin's 
delightful recounting. Why are you setting it up for something? Like, we're going to go into it, this very simple. It, it, dude, cut out very simple. because it's fucking good, man. It's, it's, I agree. It's, I agree. I love it too. If you haven't seen Chicago 7, it's about the trial of the Chicago 7, 1968 DNC. There was a peaceful protest that turned violent, right? Doesn't that sound a little a little familiar, right? We're dealing with our own protests nowadays. And even back then, protesting for much different reasons, but we have all the heavy hitters, right? Tom Hayden, Bobby Seale, Jerry Rubin, uh, who am I missing? Dellinger. How could I I forget David Dellinger, Abby Hoffman? And this movie, to me, it's tailor-made for me. And I fully am aware of that going into the movie and coming out of the movie. Aaron Sorkin, I adore the West Wing is my favorite TV show of all time. What? Uh, I like I'm Seinfeld. Like, me, what? What? Okay, no, 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 no. It's one of my top three. Can, can okay. we, can you, we? You, I claim <laughs> it as my top show ever. So don't, don't okay. take that. Thunder all right. Sorry. Me. Sorry. You have a full claim over that. I no, apologize. You, you claim the office. Um, I let you claim the office. But, I'll claim. So Sorkin is, I love Sorkin. I liked Molly's game a lot. I thought it was pretty good. Sorkin comes out here and to me just puts together a story right he tells a story that to me was known ahead of time but i imagine to a lot of people wasn't and and omar i'd love to hear your thoughts because i, I i'm sure omid knows about knew about this before going into the movie but i but i don't know if you knew anything about this trial um and it's just enjoyable to me i mean uh, omar's gonna gonna talk about his gripes with it which you know we have gone on over and over but i thought the acting was 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 good um, very good in some cases. I mean, uh, Mark Rylance was was awesome. Just, awesome. Just so, so good as William Kunstler. Um, and I loved Jeremy Strong's Jerry Rubin. I thought he was so funny. Same with Sasha Baron Cohen as Abby Hoffman. I thought the two of them bounced off each other so well. The comedy was great and it kind of took a little bit of the edge off of this politically charged joke of a trial i mean you know let's just let's just call it what it was you know and 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 they were just trying to attack these new left leaders and you know it's just a fucking crock of shit is what the trial was and and i thought the movie did a pretty good job at, at not sacrificing a whole lot of reality i'll say this first and then i'll you know i'll, I'll let omar or, or omid go put omar a little in but if I don't, if, the, if I don't, the, if I don't speak, well, I'm yeah. not going to be able to talk about it. So I'm going to go before you, Omar. Okay. I just want to say, before we get into it, the ending is awful. The ending is yep. one of, if not the worst endings I've seen this year. But I how can fully, you say that about a movie that you like so much? Because, because I don't care. The rest of the movie was <laughs> so good. And, and we have different feelings about why the ending sucked and what parts of it. I found the last 10 seconds to be atrocious but I found the final five or so minutes to be good. And whereas I believe, you know, and I I don't want to put words in your mouth, you found the whole final scene to be just abhorrent. And yeah, basically, I mean, I agree with you that 10 seconds are the worst, worst part of it. The 10 seconds are are really, are really bad. I I don't disagree, but it's just, I don't know. The film, the film didn't drag the film. It's just funny and good it's up my alley and i and i and i'm fully aware of that but but i just really sat down and from the second the movie started 
until 10 seconds before the movie finished. I thought it was awesome. Just just a plain awesome movie. Okay, that's I'm going to go real quickly then Omar, you can counter our points, but I enjoyed this movie just as much as Nuss did. We watched it actually the night it came out, like premiere night. Mm-hmm. Not like we were yeah, out of premiere. Course. It just came out on Netflix. But um, I wish we were out of premiere. As someone who claims The West Wing has his favorite show, I'm a big Sorkin guy. I lot like Few Good Men is great. One of my, it's a very good movie of his that he Dude, wrote. I mean, he's a great, he's an incredible now. writer. And The West Wing is my all-time favorite show. It got me into what I'm interested in now. It's not such a, a you want like response but anyways but um i i i really love like his work like sorkin like has these like certain tropes that are just they're called sorkinisms and um, sorkinisms dude exactly he's a great writer he's not the best director but he's not the best exactly and the walk and talk is just if you hear what see walk and talk in the movie it's no top notch influence of it because of sorkin the quick dialogue and obscure references are all Sorkinisms, and they're all three of those are in the movie, and they work for me. It's a captivating story, and he's and something Sorkin does well with his writing, I think, especially is make courtroom dramas entertaining. Courtroom dramas can be a varying, boring piece of like like film, but they're not everyone's cup of tea. Exactly, definitely not everyone's cup of tea. But but um, here it like it works, and he has experience with it, so I, I I trusted him, and he pulled through. Um, I want to like uh, piggyback on your point of, and I know Martin doesn't like that thing. I really didn't like, it. and so another one of I don't Sorkin's, know anyone that did like another one of Sorkin's uh, like Sorkinisms is his Sorkin is a very ideal like he's so, he's such an idealistic person where he's always looking for the West Wing is what people want you, you have to like that what our government wants to be, but it's never going to be like that. It's such a wholesome like and that's what he writes it for he's such an idealistic and how he ended the film it and and this kumbaya moment at the end of the film i it was, was just, obnoxious it, it was i obnoxious. was just like bud like the world isn't like this let's get your shit together like yep like it just was like why like you 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 did so well up until here why are you trying to force like oh the world's gonna be okay or like we're gonna figure this out at the end of the day and so um I didn't love then the film and also and I and I and I know where you're gonna be like oh like if you don't like the film why is it so high because at the same time everything else for the film worked I get it man and, so I tell I say it all the time there's sometimes you can recognize flaws and just be like I don't care yeah. you know? well I, I care I about the care. ending but but like I, I it really bothered me the ending really I don't bothered me but but it, it, it's still everything else like outweighed it. And also, I I thought everyone's performance was great. I just could not deal with Redmond's performance. Yeah, we know you're thought, Eddie Raymond. It's just... I thought his performance was like he. They should have gotten an like they should have picked like an actor from the Midwest to like like he just his his accent, his performance, just everything was not my cup. Yeah. Like I don't. We didn't don't mention Yaya, like but Yaya's awesome too. He's I mean, awesome. No, n- no one has said Yaya yet, but he Him, deserves all the recognition as well. Langella and well I, we disagree i'll i'll get into my sorry i cut you off yeah that's it that's all i have to say because i know we're gonna get a, get into it look right now, i'll i i'm not gonna like just talk forever but i just really this movie grinded my gears in just so many ways and i love sorkin like maybe not as much as you guys look i haven't watched the west wing but i've been a sorkin champion for a long time i think He's he reminds me a lot of Nolan in the sense that like he's got his base, he's got his haters, like he really does, and he's got all his isms that people love to call out. And up until this point, similar with Nolan, uh, up until Tenet, 
up until that point, I didn't care about any of them. Inception, any of those movies, you know, with, with Sorkin's social network, et cetera, nothing, none of those things bothered me. With this movie, it was, it was Sorkin on fucking steroids in the worst way possible. Like, I just could not stand it. It was like everything all of a sudden became so egregious and so apparent to me. I was like, how have I ever liked the movie this guy's written? He's so obnoxious. Like, the you, you look, you already talked about the ending. When I want my movie to end like that, I'll go to fucking Disney Channel original movies and and you know, I'll 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 watch something there when I want some some nice cheering moment at the end where the the judge is like, oh stop, quiet down, and then it you know freeze mm-hmm. frames. I'm like, what am I watching? But beyond that, are we really about to start having a conversation about Sasha Baron Cohen? for an Academy Award in a couple months? No, I sure, think, of course not. I think the guy is... Do you think that that's a ridiculous prospect? It's not, I'm telling you. No, I'm sure they'll and push him. I'm not. I'm just saying I don't agree with it, but I think his performance was, was good. He is terrible. Okay, I'm sorry, He's but... funny as hell. Act, if you watch that movie just listening to his accent, his accent alone... Yeah, it's so ironic to me that Omid is talking about Eddie Redmayne and how Eddie Redmayne is miscast because Eddie Redmayne in that movie, to at least my opinion, does a phenomenal American accent. He's totally believable in that movie. He was actually one of the best p- parts of the movie to me. Him, you know, Frank Langella, Mark Rylance, and Yahya. But uh, Sasha and Jeremy Strong are like plucked out of a south park episode or something like they're so <laughs> goddamn goofy i just couldn't take them seriously for a second of this movie and i'm supposed to you know like believe you know when of course you know like one of the only prominent female characters in the movie exists to get assaulted in the middle of a riot and jeremy strong's the hero to come save the day like i'm supposed to believe this freaking doofus like and it's a disservice mm-hmm. because look you guys know more about the real case and the real story than i do but to me it seems like a disservice to these guys because I then went and I started watching these like archival footage and interviews of these guys. And I was like, they don't come across that way at all in real life. Why are they being portrayed this way? And I love both those actors. If you were to tell me Jeremy Strong and Sasha Baron Cohen would be my least favorite thing about a movie. Least, yeah, of course. I, I would say you're crazy. But no, dude, I, I hear that you. was the case. It's just like my thing is is. Yeah, you can watch interviews of the yippies and 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 you you hear what they say and you hear how they talk in interviews and yeah, they're brilliant guys, both of them, you know, Hoffman and and Rubin were 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 brilliant. But during this trial, they were trying to make a mockery of the court because the court was making a mockery of itself by not being legal proceedings, but it was a political trial, not a legal trial. And so I, I make sure maybe it's hammed up a little bit in the film, but they're not there to be their their brilliant selves in the sense of spewing academic knowledge or, or, or theory. They're there to be fools and make a mockery of what was going on because it was a joke. It was a fucking joke. And it was a yes. disgrace that the American court system actually tried to 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 convict these people of what they were accused of. Yes, and I agree, but that those are not the scenes I'm referring to. I'm referring to the scenes where you are supposed to be taking them right, seriously. Like right. When, they when get, they're in the house, I, I when hear When you get it. into yeah. that blow-up argument, and I'm like, I can't take this seriously. But that's, that's, that scene where they get in the blow-up argument, I found to be one of their the best parts of the movie because it shows their brilliance. That's where we, we don't get them dressing up in prisoner or cop outfits in the courtroom, right? This is where they're behind closed doors talking and fighting with each other because they didn't get along. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't get along with Tom Hayden. 
And they're showing their brilliance there in that argument. And and I don't know, you know, we can go on and and and, and you know, we'll move on to the to the next film because we're gonna start going in circles here. But but I, I hear you, I hear you, but for me, the film just just it worked way more than it did. And then you're right, I'm able to overlook those flaws for a variety of reasons. But yeah, so that's that's the trial. Uh, I love Sorkin. I can't wait for your next movie, Aaron. I just really thought that was a this, this one ain't it. Shite. Jeez. Um, well, coming off of that, now we're getting into our top fives. My number five movie of the year, and now these movies, five and up, are, are films that I absolutely adored. I mean, these are these are some real. 2020 did come out with some real gems and and these five in particular for me set themselves apart from the rest of my list my number five movie of the year is the assistant by kitty green (laughs) the assistant it's 85 minutes or so it pretty much never once leaves the face of our leading woman julia garner and it is the most horrifyingly mundane and claustrophobic film I have seen in so long. This film follows an assistant through one day in her day at work. She works in the business, right? In the film business. She is the executive assistant, apparently to some guy whose job is never fully, you know, detailed and it doesn't have to be. He's clearly a very important and connected guy. And it is so quiet, this movie, right? This movie, you hear the sounds of a copier scanning pages, a printer printing pages, pouring coffee, right? Doors opening and closing. And it is so loud in how it speaks about office life, about abuses of power, about all of the problems in Hollywood that have been going on for decades and have just been recently illuminated in the last, I don't know, five years or so, ever since Harvey Weinstein, you know, his whole problem and, 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 and the news of that coming to the forefront, right? The, you know, the, the, the loudest secret in Hollywood for, for so long finally came out, right? And this movie brings us right into it, right? Just puts us in the day in the life and, 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 I just adore this movie. There is a dread that hangs over the movie. And then the movie ends with Julia Garner eating a sandwich, sitting in a corner store, getting ready to do it all over again the next day. And it is just, it's so little. The whole movie walks on eggshells because that's how she walks during the day. Everything she says is calculated. She is being abused every turn of the way, and it doesn't matter. She's aware of it. She doesn't know it. It features a scene with <laughs> with mommy boy with, with with he is he is terrifying and so real. Right, Matthew it's McFadden, like, by the way, of Succession fame. Yes, yes. Oh, sorry that I I, I totally glanced over his name. And it is it is so he he plays an HR rep in this company and and it is the scene is so creepy and and it takes the exact turn that you'd expect it to take as you're watching it. And I don't know, man, I mean, this movie, her performance, Julia Garner's performance, 
is so phenomenal, right? Like I said, the movie does not leave her face pretty much for the entire runtime. And you get all of her little movements, all of her facial expressions, the tiredness in her eyes, just the tiredness of her life that has just been building and building and building and building. And, and uh, I don't know, man, this, this movie was just so impactful. And, you know, I, I, I know you both have seen it and you both didn't have as strong reactions to it as I did, but, but I believe you both did enjoy it. If, if I'm remembering correctly, um, yeah. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. Actually, it's a film that popped into my head as you're describing this film that I think you would really enjoy. Us at Omar and I saw this year was uh, four months, three weeks, and two days. Oh, dude, um, I know all about four months, three weeks, and two days because I think we're gonna be, you know, making a reference to that also later on, or at least I will be. Okay, oh, but interesting. continue. Interesting. I don't, you haven't seen it, anyways. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it. So I like the film. I didn't love it. It didn't give like, so the film, like four months, three weeks and two days, it's very similar. Like storyline where, where the screw, like the screen never leaves our main character's face or just mm-hmm. like our body, but it has a level of intensity there that, um, that, are, that kept me on the edge of my seat that the assistant didn't have the mundane scenes in the, in four weeks, three months, two days are literally the most nerve wracking, like literally the most, basic scene in that movie so I, i'm talking about this movie but whatever it just popped in my head is this is literally the most scary the scary scene of the whole movie and yep. i never got that from the assistant i think julie garner mm-hmm. is absolutely incredible like she her performance yeah, like the movie awesome. does not exist without her and her fried like i use the word fragile to like to to explain her performance because it's 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 a it's someone who is so who is under so much pressure who has to mm-hmm. deal with the abuse and she perfects it to she perfects she perfects that fragile act and i like i enjoyed it i liked it i didn't love it it just never kept me engaged in a way like a such a similar film could i got you no more i will say this about the assistant i watched it at a point in my life uh i am now at another point in my life and i think that i owe it a rewatch for that reason uh, to put it like, you know, in vague terms, but I just think that this is a movie that I would appreciate a lot more if I gave another shot. I didn't dislike mm-hmm. it by any means. I liked it quite a bit, actually. But I think that there, you know, there's just it's it's quiet and it's it's methodical. So and it's in a way that it's it doesn't really maybe speak to you as much the first time you see it or you know mm-hmm. but for me i think if i were to rewatch it i think that there is a lot that i would get out of that movie um so yeah man it's the top movie of the year that i want to see again and i really think i would i would love for you to rewatch it i'd love to hear your thoughts and it could be a i don't know since i top 10 you know it might be dude since i finished it it just looms over me you know and and it looms like the you know, Julia Garner's boss's door looms in the background of, of pretty much half the movie. And it's, uh, I don't know. I just really liked it. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, The Assistant by Kitty Green. And that's my number five movie of 2020. All Do a quick five Omid. to tens. Omar, how about me? Well, Omid, Omid still got his seven, yeah, six, we and gotta five. Move, we gotta move wow, Omar just first, does not first, give a fuck. First Omid. episode, man. We're working out the kinks. We got well, we to move a little quicker. Um, Omid, what do you got? All right, so my so one thing I want to preface, and I know Omar and I haven't discussed this film yet. It's a film that I watched in the past two days and Omar watched yesterday. 
is the 40 year old version. And um, a f- something that I've realized in 2020, there's no like revolutionary groundbreaking film that like changes the film scape. It's a lot of stories that have been told before, but in a unique, but at the end of the day, in a unique way. And that's most valuable. Like last year, you had a film like Parasite and that like, that, that, that wasn't a film you've ever seen before, but I wouldn't have one of those, I feel like in 2020. And what I, so I, what I did appreciate with this year is that they were stories that have been told before were told in a very unique personal way that engages with the audience. And that's what I get from 40 year old version. Um, I, there might be a little bit of recency bias here. I thought it was the funniest film I watched. Um, I know Omar, I read your review and you did not like the side story and the confessionals. I thought that was, I thought they were the funniest part. I thought the teenager. The confessionals? Like the one, like the old lady. Um, oh, I didn't even mention that. I didn't talk. I mean, I didn't like that. You're right. But I didn't talk about that. Actually. I know you, I figured you wouldn't like it, but I really, I thought it was so funny. I thought all like, God, I'm not like, I, God, I'm going to get so much slack from both of you here. But like, with my interactions being in the city, like I, I grew up in the city, like I, like I'm from Westchester, I grew up here, but I do have a ton of interactions being in like in the city to my parents' work and going to camp and everything. And so I, it's very, it's it, like her, the resemblance and the people she engages with and interacts with in the city are very, are, are familiar faces at the end of the day. I don't know these people personally, but I know their personalities. And I thought they all added a decent trope to the, film i think it deals super real on how one deals with failure and the lack of controlling your narrative um which isn't which isn't anything unique it's not a groundbreaking type of story but it, arc but i think ronda does in a way where it's like where you 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 can relate and feel and also be like what the fuck are you doing get your shit together and at the, at the end of the day it was a love letter to new york and i was watching some um interviews with the cast and um it, it shows, and, and she's a native New Yorker, and it's a way of showing, like, like I'm not, like, I, know I haven't seen Manhattan, I, but I've seen the other films that try to be, like, a love letter to Ode to New York, and they just focus on the bright lights and the shiny stuff of Manhattan. And I'm just like, no, like, that's that's my, I, I, I have conversations with this all the time. When people, when people move to, the, to New York, they do not leave Manhattan or, like, uh, Brushwick or of Brooklyn, like it's literally their own little bubble, and that's not New York. New York's a whole dirty ass, nasty ass city that that will spit you out, but you just got to deal with it. And I think, she, and I think it works for me. It, I, and I know, and I know it doesn't work for everyone, but I thought it was a, I thought it was a good story that just kept me engaged, and I was laughing throughout the whole entire movie. It was so, I thought so many scenes were incredible. I thought the homeless man. His scenes were always funny, but yeah. So, Omar, I'm interested to see what you thought. Look, I am totally in the minority here. I really strongly dislike this movie. And I, it, for no other reason than the best way to put it is just everything about it rubbed me the wrong way. It was, I, I you know, it's so weird to be talking about the same movie and yet for us to be saying quite literally the opposite thing. Mm-hmm. But I found it extremely unfunny. I found the characters to be really annoying. I thought it was really self-indulgent and narcissistic and in love with itself. And look, I, I think that it, you know, I said this when I wrote about it, but like it tells its story clearly with a lot of passion, you know, you, you're right. It is kind of this love letter to New York. I don't really understand the decision to, for the black and white, you know, cinematography, because 
frankly, I just don't think it looked very good. A lot of the times the lighting was kind of weird and the faces were really dark and muddy. And, you know, it was just, it was strange. Like I just, I couldn't really Mm -hmm. figure out why that decision was made, but there was just so many weird things. I was just like, man, what the fuck am I missing? Like there's the scene in this movie where, you know, her best friend kind of sidekick, he's, he's her agent. His name's Archie. He's on the phone with her. And they get into this kind of argument and he gets off the phone and he's like, fuck. And some guy walking by looks at him weirdly oh, I, he goes, <laughs> and he goes, I don't want to fuck you. And I was like, what kind of joke was that? I was like, that's that's like something you see in like the Big Bang Theory, I guess, minus the language. But like I was like, I, there were so many moments like that where the humor was just so goddamn corny. And what was with look. Rada. I'm sure you're a very nice person. What was with everyone in this movie, every straight male just being obsessed with her, the homeless guy, her students, the D who she falls in love with. That's fine. That's, you know, that's the love story, whatever. Everyone is like so attracted to her in this movie and is like trying to get in her pants all the time. I was just like, it's weird to make that a part of your movie that you wrote and directed about yourself and your own life. I was going to say, isn't this film like, Kind, and it's not a it's not a it's not an autobiography but it is, it is based on her own experiences right it it's based on her personal autobiography i mean you know it, it, it's 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 about a woman named rada who used to be a playwright who is now becoming a rapper and you know it's like it's all from her experiences but just decisions like that i could like there's all these uncomfortable scenes of this one mm-hmm. student in particular like hitting on her and like trying to like you know just like like saying all this stuff and i'm just like why did you include this in the movie like what I don't know, you know, and then I, I said this also in my review, but there's just like there was one scene in particular that really bugged me because it's like she's gearing up for her first show as a rapper. You know, she's starting her new career. She's going to impress her students are in the crowd. A bunch of people are in the crowd. The dude that she's seeing and she's, you know, having a romantic relationship is the one producing the beats. And she takes uh, like two little hits of like a joint off stage before and all of a sudden she starts acting like a lunatic when she comes on stage, like doing shit that like people don't do when they're high. Like, you don't know, like, you don't know what was in that joint, bro. Well, that's well, what I'm saying. Well, well, that's like, I, I'm like, I, I understand the criticism of that scene, but I also don't like, we also, like, it was like, she took shrooms or something. Well, you know what I, I mean? Like, well, I think it's, I think it was, well, I don't think it was just because of joint. I do think it was a lot of anxiety and stage fright. And, dude, she taught, she shouted out the dude's dead mom. Like who does that? Well, I, well, we also, we, we, it could have been more than two. It's whatever. I'm not, I don't want to get the interest oh of this, of that scene, but I just hated that scene. And that was like, to me, when the movie nosedived, cause I was enjoying it for a little bit and I was like, jump okay, the shark, you know? Fine. But that I, scene happened, and then it was what, just what I downward spiral. What I didn't mention was, and I don't know if like I really liked her, like the scenes where she did put like like not artifacts. I don't I don't know what the right word was for, but like the pictures of her parent, of her mom, and yeah. like those like real life instances. Oh, I love that. That was awesome. Yeah, and and so that's something. I that's something that's that did occur also in a previous mention of uh, I carry you with me. Um, but I, I thought that was a per, that added such a good it's a personal story, but that added it elevated to another level, and for, it, it just worked for me. So totally fair, man. I'm again, I'm in the minority. I get it, but yeah. Uh, my number six is a film uh, that's also on someone else's uh, higher on someone else's list. It is Soul, so we'll get back to that. Nice, as well as my five. Oh. Uh, my five is on is in our all of our top five movies. Um, oh, that's right. 
it's uh it's uh wow. i actually watched the first out of us three which is a film okay. i was been, i'd been dying sure. to see once i heard about it um and it is sound of metal by darius smarter and like we can pause and come back to that when we choose someone else's list wow look at you very uh consider it communal picks there at six and five yes sir mm-hmm. well my top four uh, are all different than yours i'll tell you that and you made it to the end of our part one top 10 movies of 2020 the drive home if you'd like to listen to the second part where we each count down our respective four through ones and we come up with a collective list for the show please listen to that it'll be available where you find podcasts yep it's available right now so give that give that a listen guys thank you so much bye-bye